Buongiorno. Gelato. <laughs> we've, we've clearly exhausted our uh, Italian knowledge and abilities. Bernini. Yes, Bernini. And we can name off pasta dishes too, probably pretty quickly. Yeah. But we're talking about Italy today. Italy. It was great. Mm-hmm. We got to go to Italy earlier this year. And it was a really, really fun trip. Yeah, and today we are going to be focusing on Rome. Um, but speaking of the food in Italy, um, do you did you hear about the uh, the Italian chef that died? No. He passed away. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's really really stupid. <laughs> Let's go, Lundbergs, we have the world to see With your hosts, Mike and Haley For travel advice you've never heard Let's go, Lundbergs Even after I stopped recording, Mike was still laughing at that joke You were still laughing at that joke (laughs) Mostly Mike was laughing at that joke (laughs) So, for the next couple episodes, we're going to talk about Italy And like Mike said, we're going to focus today's episode on Rome. Um, Our next one after that will be Venice, and then we'll do an episode on Florence. Um, To start off with, we are not experts. We will be the first to admit that. That being said, we had an awesome time in Rome. Yeah, we spent like five, like six or seven days in Italy. What do you mean we're not experts? <laughs> By experts, I mean we're not locals. So no, we're not next, experts. <laughs> for the next couple episodes, we're not going to have an interview um, because unfortunately we don't know anybody who's from there. But we loved it, and we want to share a little bit of what we learned. And um, and if there's anything we should include, please let us know. Um, or anything we should bring up in the future, let us know. Because, like I said, we're not experts. Next time we go somewhere, we'll just bring our microphone with us and we'll just interview some actual people we meet that live there. Oh, man. Yeah. We should have done that. Yeah. But today we're talking about Rome, uh, the eternal city. The Is it the eternal city? Oh, probably. <laughs> I think it is. It, it, that sounds it right. Is. Like, like Haley said, we're not experts. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think the big question that you can ask for almost, you know, for any city you go to is how much time are you going to spend there? And, uh, all I can say is that we did it, we, we went, we spent two and a half days in Rome. Um, but I feel like we could have much, like very easily spent much more time there. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was quick, it was whirlwind, but we had other cities we wanted to visit yeah. in Italy. So we only were in uh, Rome for about two and a half days. Yeah. Um, some of the really fun things that we did there that uh, we enjoyed. Um, again, our buddy Rick Steves. <laughs> we're, always, we're always talking about our Rick Steves audio tours. <laughs> we did for we did them for Paris, mm-hmm. uh, and we did it in Italy as well. Um, one that he did that I enjoyed was the Heart of Rome, and that one kind of takes you through some of uh, the big sites to see in Rome. You know, so we, you see the Pantheon and the Spanish Steps, uh, the Trevi Fountain. Uh, you go by the Parliament and some other some other government buildings mm-hmm. that are in Rome, uh, and lots of obelisks. Yep, there are so many obelisks in Rome because yep. the ancient Romans went and stole them all from Egypt. <laughs> yep, it's true, and mm-hmm. it really is cool. I mean, you know, the Trevi Fountain is amazing and beautiful to see, but it was also really interesting mm-hmm. learning a little bit of the history and um, 
and some of the mm-hmm. yeah just some of the history mm-hmm. behind the artwork and all that if you're lucky at the trevi fountain you might meet an italian pop star <laughs> that you fall in love with i know i did <laughs> That's why your name is Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, it's a good tour to kind of give you just an overall feel of Rome and to see some of the some of the big sites that there are to see there. Yeah. And it also helps you. It does a pretty good job of helping you navigate too. like mm-hmm. if you're if you're nervous about getting around, it, it'll tell you, you know, go up this street three blocks until you get to a church and then turn left. It's it's really nice that way. Yeah, it's super helpful. Um, one of the biggest questions I always have, especially when I'm going to a place where I don't speak the language, like Italy, is how do I get from the airport to wherever I'm staying or wherever my first destination is? Um, so for Rome, they've made it pretty easy. So there's something called the Leonardo Express. It's like a, it's like a commuter train, basically, from the airport to the heart of Rome. Um, to the big train station there. It's a, it's about half an hour ride um, directly there. I don't... did No, we had some stops. I think there was maybe one or two, but not, not yeah, many. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah. Um, it, 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 but it's 14 euros a person. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, there are shuttle buses that will take you from the airport to that main train station as well. We had a heck of a time finding them. We... Yeah. It was crazy. Um but there supposedly there's something called a TerraVision bus that will get you um, from the airport to that main train station for four euros, um, which is an awesome deal if you can find the stinking bus. But we <laughs> we like walked up and down the train station for forever trying to figure out where they were, and there was no sign of them. So we just ended up taking an Uber, which is you know always an option. Um, it's probably, it, it is the most expensive option, but if you're going late at night or early in the morning, like we were, um, it might, if, and you can't find the buses that supposedly exist, um, Uber might be your only option. Mm-hmm. And can we just talk about for like maybe 30 seconds about the fact that the name of their airport is the Leonardo da Vinci airport? Yeah, that's super cool. Do you think it's because he donated money to build it? No, <laughs> I really don't. You never know. I don't think that happened. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, um, other things to do in Rome. Uh, obviously, the Colosseum. Probably, like, definitely, I would say, top three most well-known sites in Rome. People yeah. know that that's where the Colosseum is. You know, it's this old uh, arena built by the Romans where gladiators fought, and they would put on, like, plays, and people would fight lions, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and it, it, it looks like just a giant football stadium. Yeah. But it was built like 2,000 years ago by people without electricity. <laughs> so it's amazing. It's really cool to yeah, see. Yeah, it is great. Um, if you're going to go, which you should, get there early. Um, lines can be really long uh, yeah. to wait for for tickets. We got there pretty early in the morning. We still had to probably wait about, what do you think, like 10, 15 yeah, minutes or probably, so? Yeah, probably 15. And later on, though, we saw the line and it was like at least like three or four times as long as when we got there. And we were there in the off season. Like we were there in February and March. So I can't imagine what those lines are like in the summer or even in, yeah, when the weather's nicer. Mm -hmm. Um, Really close by to the um, Coliseum is also the Forum. And you can buy tickets for the Coliseum at the Forum instead if the line at the Coliseum is too long. So that's something something to keep in mind. 
Um, the Forum, speaking of, and Palatine Hill, uh, I thought those were amazing. I mean, yeah. you're walking through all these ancient buildings that were ancient Romans actually lived and walked. I mean, you're walking where Julius Caesar, you know, <laughs> lived and died too by yeah. the way but it was just amazing to see and it used to just all be underground and then like one day they decided to dig up all of these columns that were just barely sticking out of the ground and found all these old buildings yeah it was really neat so um there's also a really cool rick steve's audio guide tour for that one yeah that was probably my favorite audio tour that we did in rome it was the one at at the forum i think mm-hmm. um just the history, like, because if you just walk through on your own, you're like, cool, that's a building. I don't, that has no significance to me. I don't really have any context. They've got little plaques next to, next to a lot of them, but just the, the detail that he goes into the history is super interesting. Yeah. Rick told us way more about the Vestal Virgins than that plaque did. <laughs> true. Very true. We spent a lot of time on that. So that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing too, and Mike kind of touched on this, but um, the Palatine Hill, the Forum, and the Coliseum are all part of the same ticket. So if you if you buy ticket for one, you've got your ticket for all three. Um, and so that's why if the line for tickets at the Coliseum is crazy, you can go over to the Forum, get your ticket for all three, and then head back over to the Coliseum when the line's not when the line to get in isn't so crazy um, or, you know, vice versa. You can, you can do all three of them um, in the same day. Mm-hmm. It's an all day thing. Um, another site that you absolutely should see when you're in Rome is St. Peter, St. Peter's Basilica. Technically you'll see that in the Vatican though, not in Rome. Yes. <laughs> if you're in Rome, you should go to, to Vatican, Vatican city <laughs> and see St. Peter's Basilica. It was amazing like i i didn't i mean i knew it was a church i knew it was huge i knew it would be awesome but it still like like exceeded any of my expectations it was incredible um that's another place you should also get there early like 7 a.m if you can i think we got there pretty close to seven it, it was, was like very seven early. or seven thirty. and the, the cool thing about that too and again it was in the off season but we're walking around saint peter's square and there's, you know, the St. Peter's Basilica right in front of us, and there's no one else there. Yeah. It was very similar to when we saw Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame, sorry. <laughs> you just said Notre Dame. I did Dame. say Notre Dame. <laughs> I corrected myself, though. That was great. Um, yeah, I and like like with Notre Dame, I think it was like us and the cleaning staff, like somebody sweeping St. Peter's Square. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, we didn't have to wait in line to get in the no, church either, which it was, was nice. Yeah, there, it was. There was literally nobody in line in front of us. Mm-hmm. Which, again, we went and saw the line later in the day, and it was a very long line. So we were glad that we did that first mm-hmm. thing. And then once you're in the church too, there was nobody there mm-hmm. either. It was just. It was just us. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Oh, and you know what else is cool about St. Peter's Square? What the little fountains you can drink out of? Oh yeah, that, and they're and that they're was all everywhere, and they're all over Rome. Yeah, there's just found drinking fountains. That, and they're not even can, drinking fountains. It's like it looks like an actual like yeah. sculpture fountain where the water is just running out of it constantly. Yeah. And the ancient Romans just had such good. I don't know. They, they just built, they built those aqueducts. That's right. That yeah, pumped in spring water. And they're still they still they're function. still there, and you can still drink out of them. You can totally. I have a picture of Mike drinking out of one of the fountains. You have a video even. 
Was it a video? Yeah, you took a video of okay. it. Okay, I forget. So thank you. I took ancient, something. Thank you, ancient Romans, <laughs> for quenching my thirst yeah, in Rome. It, it was so cool. Um, yeah, totally like mind blowing that that they're. I mean, that's ancient stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so do St. Peter's Basilica first thing and then go over to the Vatican museums. That's where you'll see the Sistine Chapel. Um, when we were there, it opened at nine. Um, but always check before you go, check what time it opens. And that's another place where you should get there as soon as it opens before the crowds get there. Um, similar to what we did in Versailles with the hall of mirrors, just go, once you get inside the museum, just go straight to the Sistine Chapel. Um, skip everything else and you can come back and do that later um, but get to the Sistine Chapel before there's crazy crowds and prepare for your mind to be blown yeah yeah for me the Sistine Chapel totally lived up to expectations totally lived up to the hype yeah it was amazing to go in. and it's so much smaller than you really expect it to be yeah but but the detail that is put into a you know a ceiling that is so small is mm -hmm. still like incredibly impressive and it's it's nice that it is small because it's easier to see the ceiling yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it's not as far away and it, if i remember right there was a rick steves audio piece on the there Sistine was Chapel basically too. just on the ceiling yeah. he would guide you through each of the different the portions and, and the, the panels yeah, yeah. The and ceiling. he talked he talked to about some of the history behind like you know when michelangelo was painting this this was happening and mm -hmm. um yeah, it was really yeah. interesting. Another interesting fact, too, that I didn't realize um, is that Michelangelo didn't just do the ceiling, but he did the back wall as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And then some other random dudes did the rest of the walls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nobody remembers or knows mm -hmm. them unless you are them. Yeah, and Rick <laughs> Steves also talks about some of the different history of the, of the papal conclaves that take place in the Sistine Chapel where they elect the popes, which yeah. I thought was interesting too. Yeah. So. If you get really annoyed with us and don't want to listen to us talk anymore, just go listen to the Rick Steves stuff because he, we are big fans. Yes. Um, we like him a lot. So mm -hmm. options. Another thing to remember about the Sistine Chapel though, no photos. <laughs> no photos. Anytime like anyone like would even pull out a phone. This Italian dude over by the door would yell that. He goes, no photos. Yeah. It was really, really fun because he was yelling it every five seconds. Yeah. And we stuck to that. We didn't take pictures. Mm -hmm. Plus like any picture I take on my phone is not going to be as good as, you know, the trillion other pictures from textbooks. Yeah. That... Just enjoyed the moment and like, just look at the ceiling yeah. and enjoy it rather than looking at it through the screen of your phone. Yep. Totally. Um, another thing to consider is a Vatican Scavi tour. I don't, I should have looked this up. I can't remember what the Italian translation of Scavi means. It's, Isn't it like, it's excavation? like excavation. Yeah. It's the same route. Um, but it's, it's an underground tour. Like, like you go into the crypts of the Vatican, basically. Yeah. Basically St. Peter's Basilica was built on top of an old cemetery. Yeah. The necropolis. Yeah. So this this is a tour. It's free, um, but you do have to reserve, reserve tickets ahead of time. Um, there's an email address. I'll put all this on our website um, in the show notes. But yeah, you just there's an email address. You have to email somebody at the Vatican and say, hey, we want tickets for this date and time. And um, and there, if you get if you ask ahead of time, they're pretty easy to get. We had no problem. Um, yeah. 
Do you have something to say? Just you get down there and you see like all these ancient Roman tombs that yeah. were built underneath. And you can see that's uh, supposedly where St. Peter is buried as yeah. well. Yeah, which is a lot of the appeal of the tour is that, you know, you're down where they think St. Peter is buried. So super interesting. Um, the main Vatican entrance and this is another getting around thing, but the main Vatican entrance is stupid hard to get to from the Metro, <laughs> like not close at all. Um, if you do the Vatican museum, there's a secret door for tour groups or for people who look like they know what they're doing. <laughs> if you just like power through and don't try to look guilty, you can go through the secret door. <laughs> Like, nobody's yeah. going to stop you. It's in the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, it's in the Sistine Chapel on the far side from where the main entrance to the chapel is. But it that puts you right back out near the entrance to St. Peter's Basilica. Um, unfortunately, it's only one way, though. It only works if you're going from the Sistine Chapel or from the museum out to St. Peter's. I was terrified the whole time that... <laughs> but the like the, the Vatican guards told us to do that because we were trying to get to our, our Scavi tour. We're like, we can't, how do we get there? And they're like, just go through this door. And anyway, so they told us to do it. But still, there's this big sign that says tour groups only. And I was thinking any second now, Pope Francis is going to come <laughs> around the corner and excommunicate us. But then I remembered we're not Catholic. True. So we would have been fine. We're fine. <laughs> Speaking of the Pope. <laughs> Speaking of the Pope. Good, good transition. I didn't even plan that. Um, but speaking of the Pope. Uh, you can see the Pope when you're in Rome and in in the Vatican. Unless you're there when he's randomly out of town. Yeah, he might, like we he were. might be like, you know, in Argentina or something. Yeah. Um, but he gives a free public speech or address every Sunday and Wednesday. Um, and it is, is this the one that he does from the window of yeah. his apartments? Mm -hmm. So he's just, they like open the window and then there's the Pope. And it's like, it's or, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, um, it's, it's like Small World in Disneyland. The doors just open and this little guy comes out and he makes a speech and then everyone cheers. And he sings and they, It's a Small World yeah, no. and then goes back inside. Are we being offensive to Catholics? Yes. I'm sorry, Catholics. We might be editing that out. <laughs> um, you can get tickets to the Pope's address, uh, not online, not by, you know, calling, a, you know, sending an email or anything, but you can request them via fax. Because it's 1982. <laughs> and I think this must be how they control the crowds. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to have a ticket to get in. Uh, you can still get there. Um, but I guess if you want to get tickets in advance, you can yeah, go it, down to your local <laughs> FedEx store and send a fax to Italy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so one other thing that's really, really cool to do in Rome is the Borghese Gallery. We, unfortunately, that was like, was that our first that was night the there? That was like the first thing we did. Yeah. We dropped off our luggage at Because the... everything was closed except for this gallery. And we're like, well, that's kind of on our list of things to do while we're here. Let's just, let's go. I think we only had like an hour before yeah. it closed. And so we quickly went over there and saw a fraction of the, of the museum. But we did see quite a few Bernini sculptures, and they were amazing. They were beautiful. It was, it was, it's unreal that someone can do things like that yeah. out of marble. Yeah, totally something we recommend, something we wish we had spent more time doing, but because we were only there for two and a half days, it didn't really, yeah, that was all we could afford. Yeah, the detail was fantastic. Yeah, and the gardens, we walked through the gardens kind of in the dark. 
but they looked really cool. They looked like they would have been a fun place to yeah. walk through. People and... sounded like they were having a good time. Yeah. yeah. That sounds bad. I shouldn't have said that. No, it was like, okay. it wasn't completely dark. It was just yeah. getting dark. It was like, it was like after sundown. Mm-hmm. One other cool place that we went to was, and I, I, did we just come by this place by chance? The San Clemente I think, Basilica? I think the internet told me about this place. Yeah. So it's this um, old church. Um, and it just, it doesn't even look very impressive from the outside. No. And it's not in like and a even, really well-traveled part of the city either. Yeah. It's like kind of out of the way. Yeah. And you, you go into it and um, it's just a kind of a regular church. It's small. Um, and the main floor is free. But what you're there for is what's underneath the church. And I can't remember when it happened. I think it was like the late 1800s. This priest who worked in the church um basically went looking underneath of it because there had always been these rumors that there were there was things that were built on there was that the church was built on top of other structures so he breaks through the floor of this 12th century church that he works in and he finds a 4th century church that's directly underneath it so you can go down and you can see this old 4th century church and the ruins from down there and the old uh, frescoes painted on the wall are still there. They're barely visible. You can see them still. Yeah. What's even crazier is that underneath that fourth century church, there's another uh, church from the second century. It's a pagan temple and an old house from the first century. You can go down even further and see all of those. And you can like walk in, like we walked where the house would have been yeah, you're like in the kitchen because there's like water running through <laughs> yeah. it still yeah they're like this is basically the kitchen sink to yeah. this house there was like this old spring and it's still running through there yeah. today yeah it was crazy and that main floor so the the main floor of the church is free um but you do have to pay to go down underneath but it is like totally worth it yeah, it, it was, was neat. really really cool oh and as a side note allegedly that fourth century church is where, I can't remember if it was uh, uh, Cyril or Methodius, one of the two, but uh, Cyril and Methodius are the guys who brought uh, Christianity to Russia. Was was it Cyril? Yeah. Cyril allegedly is buried there. So that was cool for me to see with my Russia connections. Yeah. I thought that was neat. I didn't know anything about it. Mike like walked up to this grave and he's like, oh my gosh, this is cool. It's like, oh, I don't know what this means. <laughs> so I got a history lesson, but it was good. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. That was, that's, that's one place where since we've been back, I mean, most people, everybody knows about the Colosseum. Everybody knows about the Vatican, but this was like a hidden gem that I was like, this is a crazy cool history thing to go see. Um, anyway, I thought it was great. It was neat. Um, one of my favorite things we did in Rome. Because you're crazy. <laughs> um, I'm going to pronounce it wrong because I'm not uh, Latin. You're not Latin? I'm not like... You mean Italian? Italian or Spanish. <laughs> like, even if I was Spanish, I would be able to pronounce this, I feel like. Just... Largo di Torre Argentina. Okay, here's what you do. Just, just put your fingers together <laughs> and just go, Largo di Torre Argentina. Yeah, that. That. So, so it's, it used to be, I mean, it's ruins. There's tons of ruins. It's like an archaeological site. Yeah. And you can't, um, you can't really go down into it anymore. You kind of just see it from street level. Yeah. You can look down into it. But the best part about it is 
<laughs> it's a cat sanctuary now. It is literally like overrun with cats. And and the cats are, when I say sanctuary, they're like, there's like an organization that protects and feeds these cats. Yeah, don't they like trap them and, yes. and then they'll trap them and uh, neuter them yeah. or fix them. Yeah. And then they just release them back out and they feed them. And they just feed these crazy cats. And there are so many cats. Mm-hmm. It's... I. I sent Mike a Google Maps image not too long ago that I found on the internet, but it was a picture of this place and the, like the street view, how Google Maps does that. The street view, there's like a cat's face in the way. He's taking up like three fourths (laughs) of the photo. It's like a cat selfie, but it's, it's so like (laughs) typical of that place because there are cats everywhere. It was fun to see. It was cool. There's one little part where you can like go down these steps down and you get down there smells like cat pee more than anything i've ever smelled (laughs) not great but it's fine (laughs) but it was really fun to see them it was fun to see um fun fact and i'm pretty sure we learned this from rick steves we did um because that that was one of the stops on probably on the heart of rome yeah i think it was the heart of rome um but that place is where julius caesar was killed or where they are pretty sure that he was killed you know, the, the famous saying is that he was killed on the steps of the Senate, but the Senate was actually renting space at at this Largo di Torre Argentina place at the time. Yeah, so, so it wasn't at the Forum. No. Yeah. It was not at the Forum. Um, but still, that's where it took place. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the kind forum, cool. At the Forum, though, you can see where Julius Caesar's uh, body was cremated, though. There's like yep. a little shrine there that and people have made. And there's flowers and coins that people have thrown onto it but But, kind of interesting mm -hmm. now that we've talked about cat pee and dead bodies let's talk (laughs) about the food in rome oh gosh that was not good (laughs) here's one thing we were sure to do not just in rome but everywhere in italy was we ate gelato at least once a day sometimes twice a day and our pictures look ridiculous because i'm you know we're taking pictures with our gelato cones and i'm literally wearing gloves because it's, it's february and it's cold outside but i want ice cream was it in march it was february it was late february okay early march, yeah. yeah so cold it was winter but yeah <laughs> g- gelato there is great um what did we learn about gelato it's if if the place has like if it's stored in like the metal tins, it's that means it's legit. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like, and I've heard this several places, but it shouldn't be piled up like a mountain. It should be relatively flat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's how you know it's going to be good. Yeah. But it delicious. also shouldn't be like super vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. Like the pistachio should be pretty, a pretty muted green if it's green at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely have gelato a lot. Um, one thing that we've kind of discovered after going to Paris and to Italy is that we don't really handle the crazy European cheeses very well. Yeah. Which makes me sad because I love cheese and I was super excited to go to Europe and then I got the cheese there and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this cheese is so strong. I can't like, handle it. This tastes like feet a little bit. I don't really <laughs> like this. Yeah. I can't even really handle blue cheese. So it should have been obvious to me that I wasn't going to be able to handle much yeah. in Europe. <laughs> But having said that, there are lots of cheese options. And so if that's your, you know, milieu, <laughs> that's for the Paris episode, yeah. then uh, you definitely have some great options there. Uh, 
while we were there, we ate at a restaurant called uh, Ristorante Alessio. He's, he's in charge of pronouncing all the <laughs> Roman things. Incorrectly. For the rest of these episodes. That was delicious. And I'm sure that, I can't even remember what I got, but I'm sure it was some sort of pasta dish. And that oh, I loved that's it. where I had the gnocchi. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were like the, the pillows. Yeah. They were like, oh, they were good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, there was a really good pizza place that's just kind of northwest of the Vatican, Vatican called Pizzeria Bonchi, and I'm sure I said that wrong as well. Bonchi, sure, um, but it's it, it, it's definitely not in a touristy area, and everyone else there, I feel like, was Italian. Yeah, everybody. There, there was one family that showed up later that might have been tourists, but yeah, everybody else was very local. Yeah, and they just sell it by the slice, and it's it's like in square pieces it's not Which like very you know it's very italian. traditional italian pizza and it was it was very good so that's another place that you should probably consider going to yeah you might have to well there was a metro there was a metro stop right there yeah we yeah. walked to it we but walked there is a metro it. stop yeah there is a metro stop um yeah but it's it's up by the vatican mm-hmm. not too far um speaking of getting around we like mike was just saying we mostly walked um but getting up to the Vatican, it was nice to have um, a metro option. Like I said before, though, it was really stupid getting from the metro to the Vatican. But you definitely don't want to, if you're staying in the heart of Rome anywhere, you don't want to walk all the way up to the Vatican. It's That's too far. Um, we were not brave enough to try any of the buses, but I've also heard that buses are great. And, and obviously, you know, buses have more stops. There's more lines and... They may be able to get you from point A to point B a little bit better than the metro can. Um, the metro, it really just makes like a big X in the city. It, there's one that goes like kind of north-south and one that goes kind of east-west. And so if you're, um, yeah, just something to keep in, in mind. It's not like a huge metro. Um, the one thing that if we were brave enough to try buses, this would have been helpful but if you end up going out to Trastevere, which is like, it's it's kind of the hipstery neighborhood of Rome. It's across the river. <laughs> um, the metro doesn't go out there at all. So we walked and I kind of regretted that. Yeah. It was a really far walk. It was. That's um, where we saw Beyonce though, right? What? It wasn't Beyonce. Remember, there was like something going on in oh, one of those yeah. churches. And there was like this huge line of people behind yeah. barricades and like bodyguards. And like somebody filmed a music video didn't here. We, or didn't something. we find out it was like some Italian politician or something? Yeah, I can't remember. It was something. Anyway, but it's Trastevere has a very, very local feel. Um, you know, it feels like a village where the rest of Rome. You know, it's it's ancient. Obviously, there's ruins everywhere, but it does also feel very touristy, too. Yeah, it's a cool neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for... Mike's Freezy Corner! All right. It's everyone's favorite time for the podcast. <laughs> um, I chose uh, three books to discuss for... Um, the podcast today. Uh, two of them I was able to read uh, either before or during our trip. One I haven't gotten to yet. I don't know when I'm going to get to it because I have so many on my list. But we're going to start off with one that I did read. And it's a little bit of a throwback to earlier in the episode when we were talking about the Sistine Chapel. 
And uh, the book is Michelangelo and the Pope's Ceiling. Did you start this one? What do you mean, did I start it? Did you start reading it? I've I've, I've read this one. Oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) I was reading this one like on the plane over there. Okay, that's why it sounds familiar. I thought this was the one you hadn't read. No, this is one that I have read. Okay, sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Michelangelo and the Pope's Ceiling. It's by Ross King. Um, And this is the book for the art and architecture fans. Uh, It's basically the story of how Pope Julius II... Uh, commissioned Michelangelo to paint the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And it goes into the details of how he planned the frescoes, um, about the uh, scaffolding that he built. Because one of the challenges that he faced is that, um, so for the scaffolding, the chapel still had to function as an actual chapel while he was working on it. So the scaffolding couldn't interfere with what was happening down below. you learn a lot of fun facts, and it, it kind of makes uh, going and seeing the Sistine Chapel a, a little bit more interesting and real. Um, and even just like tiny little things, like one thing I learned um, was the color sienna. You're familiar with that color? Yep. So, and I think I might have told you this, but do you know how the color sienna got its name? He found it in Siena. Yes. Something like that. He yeah. didn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> so the color sienna, the paint for sienna came from uh, a mud or from a clay that was found in the town of Siena. Hmm. And that was where you could get that kind of hue that everyone wanted for it. And that's where the color Siena comes from. So I learned that from Michelangelo and the Pope's ceiling. Um, If you want a more fictionalized version of it, um, a little bit more... I don't know how to put it, but I've, I've learned that some of my recommendations are maybe a little bit heavy on the history side of things. <laughs> but if you want a more fictionalized version, there is a, a, like a historical fiction novel called The Agony and the Ecstasy uh, that's about, again, Michelangelo and Pope Julius and the relationship that they had while he was painting the ceiling. It's by Irving Stone, and there was a movie that was made um, based on the book starring Charlton Heston and Rex Harrison. So it's an older book, but uh, it's a pretty popular one in its day. Uh, Second book is SPQR. I was thinking about this just the other day. I couldn't remember what that... Why? Yeah, we saw it everywhere. (laughs) Like in every every gift shop we went into, there was that book. It only came out in 2016. It's by Mary Beard. And this is the book for the history buffs. It's a New York Times bestseller. And it's a history of ancient Rome and basically tells the story of how Rome went from being this tiny little village in a valley on the Tiber River to being the greatest empire to dominate the Mediterranean. Um, The title, SPQR, is from a Latin phrase. And I'm going to say it wrong because that's what we do on this show is we pronounce the foreign words incorrectly. Um, But the Latin phrase is Senatus Populesque Romanus. Uh, which means the Roman Senate and people. And it's a phrase that refers to the government of, of the ancient Roman Republic and uh, commonly appears in, in ancient Roman political and legal and historical literature. And it's used today as like an official, uh, like the SPQR, it's used on like official um, things around Rome. Like I remember seeing like... We saw it on like... Like manhole covers. Yeah. It says SPQR. Or like fire hydrants. <laughs> yeah. And then you, some of the more ancient buildings too, you can see it carved in stone above yeah. doorways as well. So yeah, SPQR, that's uh, number two. And the last book is Angels and Demons. <laughs> and again, I'm... I'm I 
I've read this one. <laughs> I'm going for the popular crowd here on this one because, again, I have found that maybe I get a little bit too heavy with some of my recommendations. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but Angels and Demons, it's by Dan Brown. Uh, it's the it's a book for the fiction fans. And, Me. <laughs> yeah. And it's the first Robert Langdon novel who you probably know from The Da Vinci Code. You probably know Angels and Demons, too, because they made that movie. Angels and Demons came out before The Da Vinci Code? Yeah. Um, the book did. Oh. Angels and Demons is the first Robert Langdon book. I had no idea. But The Da Vinci Code is the one that he made it big with. Yeah. And so that's why they made that movie oh. first. Okay. Um, but I think Angels and Demons is better than, than The Da Vinci Code. Uh, basically, in the book, the Pope has just died. And all the cardinals have gathered together to elect a new Pope. And then it turns out that someone has planted a bomb in Vatican City somewhere. And Robert Langdon, a.k.a. Tom Hanks, uh, is the Harvard symbology professor who has come to save the day and track down where this bomb is. And Clearly, if you can't tell Mike's opinion, he thinks that that whole idea is ridiculous. It just, I mean, here's the thing. I, I really, really liked this book. I enjoyed it a lot. But when you really sit down and say it out loud, it sounds kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it does. <laughs> But it is an entertaining book. And, you know, Robert Langdon, he basically goes through, follows all these clues um, that's in the art and architecture around the city of Rome to try to find where this bomb is. So it kind of, it's kind of fun to read about these places and then you can actually go to it and see, oh my gosh, that's exactly how it's described yeah. in the book. Or we ended up watching, we've both read the book um, and we both watched the movie like right before we went or right after. Was it right before or right after? I can't remember. Anyway, when we watched around it. the time that we went and we're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. So yeah, those are the books. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed today's trip into Mike's book corner. I think it's Mike's reading is corner. Is it? I can't, <laughs> someday we'll learn the title of this. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is the end of today's episode. We um, hope that you liked it. We love feedback from anybody um, that has an opinion or if you hate what we're doing, let us know. If there's something we forgot, please let us know. Um, yeah, we're, we're glad you guys are along for this journey. We want to thank Julius Caesar and Romulus and Remus for making this episode possible. Yep. And probably Scott's Cheap Flights for getting us the airfare over there. Yeah, thank you, Scott's <laughs> Cheap Flights. Tune in uh, next week or whenever the next episode drops for Venice? Venice. Venice. Yep. It's going to be great. <laughs> Let's go, Lundebergs. Lundebergs.